You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, and on today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam, we are talking with Emmy and Golden Globe nominated actress, singer, and author, Gloria Rubin. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Good. It's so great to be talking to you again. Um, Let's get started, because we have so much to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, first of all, in September 2018, we did an interview together to promote your previous Feinstein's 54 Below show, The Men I Love. So it's been a little over a year since that interview. What has been the biggest change to happen to you in this past year? Well, I would say the biggest change has been the um, publication of my first book. That definitely has been the biggest creative and professional accomplishment within one year. Um, it ha- did, you know, it was a few years in the making, of course, but uh, for it to to come to fruition, it's really, really exciting. Well, I have to say, it's very good. I'm about halfway to three quarters of the way through, and I love it so far. So, congratulations on it. Thank you very much. I'm so glad that you're reading it. Thank you. Oh yeah, it's very moving, and there's. There's so much there, so which we're going to get to a little bit later. But first, let's talk about your upcoming Feinstein's 54 Below show called From Ballads to Bosa, which is featuring songs from your upcoming album, For All We Know. So what can you tell us about this upcoming show and album? Well, For All We Know is, as you mentioned, an upcoming album. It will be, be released early next year, early 2020. And that is another amazing accomplishment that happened within the last 12 months. So I finished the album. It's my second on the MCG Jazz record label. And it's just vocals and guitar on this record. Mm-hmm. Marty Ashby is the guitarist, and he's the executive uh, director of MCG Jazz. And um, he and I did Perchance to Dream, my previous album, t- uh, together as well. He produced that record as well. And the last tune on that album, on Perchance to Dream, which is Here's to Life, that you know, iconic Shirley Horn. Yeah. Uh, is just guitar and vocals. I like to do that song, piano and vocals, when I perform. But, you know, when we made that, when we were recording that song, it just kind of re-sparked in me this um, dream, if you will, of doing a record of of just vocals and guitar in all variations, you know, again, uh, from from ballads to to, to bossa nova, Mm -hmm. to everything in between, um, great American songbook classics that are in, done in very fresh arrangements. So I'm excited about that. Just You touched upon how your last show and, and album was more piano and vocals. And now this show, like you mentioned, is going to be vocals and guitar. Uh, and you're going to be accompanied by Pete Smith mm-hmm. on guitar. So what made you want to stylize this show with guitar as opposed to piano, which you kind of touched upon, but let's go into a little more depth with it. Yes, of course. Well, I will do a couple of tunes, just me at the piano, which would be great. But in order to reflect um, the record for all we know, again, which is just uh, guitar and vocals, I thought, let me do this performance with just guitar and vocals so that... um, do you know that those those in attendance will get a chance to hear not just a number of tunes from the record, um, but also a few tunes from Perchance to Dream and a couple of other songs, a tribute to Nat King Cole, with just as an example, with just guitar and vocals to, you know, again, offer this a new, fresh experience with um, with well-known songs. There's something really 
I love the simplicity and the intimacy um, with one instrument and vocals. Um, it's really scary in a way because there's nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, you know, drum solo or the bass or any of that. Um, so, but, you know, clearly I like to be scared yeah. and find my, and walk my way through it. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. There, it was something to do with the, to to have my show. I can't believe it was a year ago already. Wow. How did that happen so fast? But uh, for all, um, rather um, the, the the men I love, which was uh, just me at the piano, mm-hmm. and was um, a, a song in tribute to my favorite male singer songwriters. Um, I that was a big leap as well. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to combining both. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Um, piano and vocals and guitar and vocals and, and kind of uh, merge both together. It's going to be such a great show. I know everybody listening who's going to the show is going to be so lucky to see you. Mm-hmm. One song that you will be performing in this show is Where Do You Start, mm-hmm. which is written by Alan and Marilyn Bergman and John Mandel. My favorite line in that song is, how do you deal with all things you thought would last that didn't? So what's your secret to getting through rough times, which... We're going to get to in a little bit, sort of for, uh, this sort of foreshadowing a little bit later in the interview, but how do you get through rough times? With all the things you thought would last, that didn't last. Well, Italian red wine helps a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an advocate for, you know, drinking too much yeah. of it, but trust me, some days it's like, yeah, I think I'll have a... No, um, a glass here and there. A glass here and there, exactly. I don't know. For me, it's uh, if I just allow myself the the time and the space to um, let the process unfold as it will, then I'll be okay. If I think that I should be, that word should is a killer in my life. If I should be over it, or if it should be, you know, if I should be feeling better, then I'm in trouble. But um, I have to. Um, recognize and respect the process it's been um we all experience loss and grief um in many regards it's been decades worth for me Mm -hmm. so i have you know music for sure Mm -hmm. is a godsend for me music singing and piano and the piano no question about it was since i was a little girl writing has always been very healing for me as well even as you know the book started out as journal writing even journal writing just getting out of my head Mm -hmm. Getting it down on paper, literally pen to paper, not keyboard, not computer, like none of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be wow. pen to paper. It's got to be the tangible. That helps a great deal. So writing, music, red wine. Wonderful. <laughs> Those are great combinations. And talking, you know, yeah. talking, saying it out loud is is uh, helpful as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're gonna get more into that actually right now. <laughs> Because this does lead into the next part of our interview about your book, My Brother's Keeper, which uh, releases November 19th. And the book honors your two brothers who have passed away. Um, So when did you first decide you wanted to write a book about their passing? And I know briefly you mentioned it took about, uh, it was a few years in writing, but how long really was it from idea to to inception? Um, Well, the idea grew organically from the journal writing journal writing kind of started being shaped into um, almost essay writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother uh, David passed many years ago, just before his 22nd birthday, and my oldest brother Dennis uh, died uh, nine years ago. Um, both deaths were very sudden, 
so um and unexpected so i um you know again the writing really helped a lot my brother's keeper i've always loved that do you know that saying that term that feeling that those words um, convey and for my book the apostrophe is at the end of the s so that i hold those two my two brothers dear and always will of course um as i started as the essays kind of started to grow and i had the instinct and the intuition the impulse to uh, shape them into a book and to the publication of it now this year was at least a good five years um, and it will be available in print on November 19th. And uh, it's available for pre-order now online, which is great. And it's really kind of amazing that this has happened. I mean, it's really, it's really amazing. And it's really beautiful. I do say so myself. Well, I can attest to that as I've started reading the book myself. It's, it's very well written. You're very descriptive in in how you describe your brothers your relationship there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in the book that's very heavy and a lot of um, things that I kept you know as I'm reading I'm like oh wow oh I want to find out more about that and I don't want to give away too much of the book because everybody you need to read this book it's so good but um, it's amazing how you get through everything not only their their passings but I mean, your father passed away when you were young, and and the the issues that you talk about that seem to have come up from from their passings. It it's incredible, and that you're here today and you're able to write about it and talk about it is just it's so incredible, and it's going to help so many people. Thank you for saying that. I really hope so. That's really the dream is you know to help with the healing process for everyone. And I know what you mean about more you know, wanting to know more because the more that I wrote and the more that I continue to write already, the second book is coming, believe me. Oh, yeah. That's so, so great. Yeah, I think I might have to take a few months off and go to Italy so mm. that I can really stay focused and that the red wine is plentiful. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want people to get the wrong no, idea no, about, no. you know, I'm really just trying to make a joke, but yeah. 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 Well, you're funny. We talked about that in the last interview. So, <laughs> so you're just bringing the humor out. Exactly. It, 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 I mean, for me, I know humor helps during tough times. Yes. So it's good to have humor as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The new 2023 Ford Escape is the perfect getaway car. Featuring an available 13.1-inch center stack screen, 360-degree camera, 
and Bang & Olufsen sound system and spatial flexibility for extra legroom. The new 2023 Ford Escape. Learn more at Ford.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Um, what was the hardest part of the book to write and why do you think, what do you think made it so difficult? Um, oh boy, the, you know, I had to travel back in time, of course, and, um, stay present in situations that were, um, that I needed to not stay present. I know that sounds odd, but kind of emotionally stay in places so that I could describe in detail uh, the things that I wanted to express so that that is, um, you know, we all think back at times, of course, but I had to think back and stay there for a while, which was really um, challenging in many regards. I'm an extremely visual person, so when I when I recounted and uh, recollect, recollected certain uh, experiences, I could see and feel, and you know, I relived it all. So that was um, challenging in its time, in its own way. Looking, going through a multitude of photographs and choosing which ones I wanted in the book was, um, you know, very bittersweet, of course. And that the book, this, I think one of the reasons why it took a little bit of time was because I would do this in a, for a certain amount of time, kind of compacted amount of time. I'd say two or three months, I'd go through essays, I'd rewrite and look at blah, blah, blah. And then I'd have to, I'd have to step away for a while until I was ready to go back and, and revisit and reread. Um, but I knew, I knew when it was ready. I just knew, okay, it's, 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 it's free to go now. So I really, really hope that people, you know, it's an interesting thing because I present myself and, you know, people might assume that from the external, mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, you know, everything is, really cool and I live a great and I do live a great life and everything in its own way yes is absolutely really cool and all of that but uh, it has been a ride it has been um, an uphill journey and I know that there are many experiences a few of them I mentioned in this book and I'm not alone on this journey I certainly have a lot of spiritual support literally they're with me and I feel it palpably oftentimes yeah you do talk about some of them in the book and it's interesting to read and I always wonder it, I mean is it like a relief to get certain signs like that or does it I mean how does it affect you yeah it's definitely a relief and yet it's at the same time it's like oh man I really just you know boy it'd be great if you just be in the chair right now you know but that's all right because as um it's this great tune that the police did. Totally aging myself right now. Can't remember the word. We're there together. Yeah. <laughs> spirits in the material world, mm -hmm. right? We are spirits in the material world. So that's how I look at it. And this material world can be really difficult right now, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with having both worlds merge. And I'm really, really, the more that I allow that to happen, the more palpable it becomes. So that's really really exciting I think it's gonna I think this book is really gonna help people so many people suffer loss and and they need something to look for and 
to give comfort and to know that they're not alone and putting it out there is is going to help people because it's been a lot of, of loss that you have suffered in in you know spread out and other people are really i know i just know they're going to relate to it thank um, you which chapter, uh, which chapter just flowed out of you? Which one was just like, oh yes, this is it. The last chapter of the book. It uh, literally, I was at um, <laughs> an Italian restaurant. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know what, but really it was. Uh, we're gonna go out for Italian food one day. Have to, yes, we're gonna have to do that. I'll take you to the place where I went. And uh, I, it was about a year after Dennis passed. And I sat at um, the bar. I was dining, having a long lunch, leisurely long lunch, and was writing. I just, I asked the bartender for a piece of paper and a pen. I just had to, I had to get something down. I just, you know, it was all kind of building up. And I wrote that last essay in the book in about 20 minutes. And I tweaked it a little bit here and there, but basically that's, that that's how it happened yeah yeah it's incredible yeah um what did you learn about yourself from writing this book Mm, that's a good question (laughs) what did i learn about myself uh i learned that um i'm more resilient than i thought i was I'm pretty brave. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge capacity for uh, love. And um, and I learned that um, I, I believe that I'm willing to, you know, be open to love again. Oh, that's wonderful. Because I know the in the first few chapters you talk about your struggle to to find love and the issues you have with love. And it's nice to hear now that you are coming back around to, to openness. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, what do you miss most about your brothers? Their smiles, for sure. Yeah, their hand hugs yeah. and their eyes. Yeah. How, how do you feel this book will help others? I mean, I. I feel like I know how it will help others from reading it, but as the person who wrote it, how do you think it will help? Um, I think it will help in um, this, uh, in the knowingness that you know that um, we're kind of all in this together. You know, that people, especially you know, in New York City, you walk around, you see people, and and uh, everyone has their own thing. Everyone has their own loss and grief that they're dealing with or not dealing with. But I really hope that this book offers the opportunity, kind of unlocks that, uh, uh, that holdingness, holding, you know, sometimes people, again, that word should, people don't think that they should grieve. Or again, that whole, you know, the society, we have this thing about, yeah, I'm over it. You know, yeah, I'm strong and I beat that and, you know, I'm good, you know, it's okay to not be over it sometimes. It's all right to just kind of walk through it Um, because, you know we're not alone, and um, literally that kind of again that spirit and material world combination. Leave yourself open to to uh, 
And the opportunity is there to be open to connecting in a different way to the one whom you've lost. We're going to switch gears and we're going to move into your TV career. Okay. Um, so first, I just want to touch upon ER because it's yeah. the show's 25th anniversary yeah. this year. I can't believe 25 years. And that is just not okay. Yeah. How that, yeah. that much time went by. But we look amazing. I know. 25 years, you look the same as you did. This is why I love you so oh. much. <laughs> No, thank you for saying that. It's a naturally curly hair. I think it doesn't. <laughs> so what's one story about your time on ER that you have never shared before? Oh, gosh, that I have never shared before. As we, as many people know, and probably the whole world knows by now, George was a, a little bit of a prankster, right? Mm. So I remember we were filming in Chicago because the show, you know, it was based in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So we'd take a couple of trips each season. And it was in the middle of winter. And I think the film froze in the camera or something. So we were stuck in the hotel. Don't get me wrong. It was like the Ritz-Carlton in Chicago. <laughs> it was not so bad, right? So we were stuck in the hotel for an extra few days or what have you. And um, I remember I was sleeping in, the, in, you know, early in the morning. And the door, the, there was a knock on the door at, I don't know, 6.45 or 7 a.m. or something. I opened the door and... And it's all this food, this room service thing. Oh. It's like, dude, you know, oh he would do God. that though. He'd fill out these breakfast cards and leave them on, <laughs> on his colleagues' doors so that they'd be woken up with like, you know, 18 scrambled eggs and a bottle of champagne or whatever. Oh and you're just God. like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so yeah, there were moments like that though. Definitely, you know, uh, Jeannie's storyline, of course, was, was you know, pretty dramatic, yeah. and it was uh, very pivotal and, and poignant and, and, and definitely ahead of its time. So moments of levity were very much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> and with all your acting experience since ER, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Oh, yeah. Don't take anything personally. It's That's kind of been the biggest lesson in my life. If there's one thing that I wish that I could go back and tell the younger me don't take it personally any of it I don't have any control what anybody else says or thinks or does or anybody mm -hmm. anybody fellow actor studio you know produce doesn't matter you know for me because I am a, I am such an emotion sensitive person an emotional person one may not think that if they see me walking down New York City in my heels and my black sunglasses but you know let's just remember after talking to you, I agree with that. Yes. <laughs> so I would have a tendency to, and obvious, and the storyline in itself was extremely yeah. personal to me as well. Um, and yes, and again, more to be revealed, will be revealed on that regard. But because the story was extremely uh, personal for me, um, that left everything else open. I left myself open to um, unfortunate behavior that I took personally. Yeah, so, um, but you know, I'm here now. I've learned the lesson by the grace of God and some kind of will that, you know, to persevere. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've done pretty well from yeah. ER to Lincoln to Mr. Robot. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mr. Robot. Yeah, we are actually just about to talk about that um, because you have had so much happening this year. You had the season two of Cloak and Dagger. This summer you had City on a Hill. Right. 
And this fall, <laughs> this fall is the final season of Mr. Robot. So what are you looking forward to most about this final season? Okay, wait, let me just recap okay. everything that you just said. Okay, now wait a second. I got to think about this. We, we spoke a year ago. Yes. All right, so I finished the album. Second season of Mr. Robot. That's right. I, or rather of uh, Cloak and Dagger. So I was in New Orleans end of last year to finish that up. City on a Hill filmed here in New York, right? Season two is coming up. Finished my book. Last season of Mr. Robot. Oh my God, no wonder I'm exhausted. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Yeah, all right, so this last season, okay. Dude, I can't even tell you, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what's going on. Of course I can't tell you what's going on. Right. No, I don't want you to get in trouble. But all I can say is, what the, what? Just watch. I, I can't even. Uh, what I can tell you is that when we were all sitting around to take, you know, we had a cast to read through of all of the episodes pre filming began, pre the beginning of filming this February. So I didn't see the material until on the day. And as I was turning, the pages in certain in certain episodes I'm saying lines out loud and in my head I'm like what okay what so it was <laughs> yeah I, I I can't even make a sentence I sound like a moron all I can say is just um, it's unforgettable it's uh, beyond anything I've ever done. It's um, shocking and heartbreaking and um, everything. It's everything. And I think anyone who's watched the show who, who, who will, will uh, totally understand what I'm saying. What is one characteristic of Krista's you are glad you yourself do not possess? You know, I've been thinking about that. I, 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 I don't know. I really, there, there, there are characteristics that I wish I possessed. Okay, what are some of those? One in particular where she has an extraordinary sense of, um, you know, this, this, this ability to, this fearlessness. Again, I can't, all right, so... In the last season, um, Mr. Robot, sorry, spoilers for any who hasn't seen, shows up in Krista's office. Mm -hmm. So she has this fearlessness, this real conviction and faith in her ability as a healer in what she does mm -hmm. to, you know, to face this kind of thing head on. She's fearless that way. And a, a capacity to, you know, this desire and this need to to help by any means necessary with Elliot anyway. You're, you're fearless too. No, I'm like, wait yeah. a minute, maybe I am a little fearless, but yeah, and I wouldn't be fearless in that situation. Let's just put it that yeah, way. I'd yeah. be like running for the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no question about it. So um, yeah, she's, uh, she's kind of amazing in that regard. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, we're almost at the end of the interview, so I have two questions left. One, we're just going to do some rapid-fire questions, some fun things. Uh, favorite flavor, M&M? Oh, um, 
you know I'm a Smarties girl oh. because I'm from Canada originally. Yeah. So it's just chocolate and these candies are at. So flavorite, favorite yeah. flavor, I just, M&M's, I eat peanut M&M's. Oh, yeah. So are there, yeah, that's just. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Great. So now they have like, I mean, there's like hazelnut, there's there peanut is, butter, there's mint, yeah, there's I don't caramel. Like, I'm just like a purist in that way. Uh, just, you know, peanut M&M's with a hard shell candy, yeah. I'm good to go. I don't like creamers in my coffee. I, I like a black coffee. If I want hazelnut, I'll have like a hazelnut cookie. Yes. Exactly. There's the air conditioner again. <laughs> uh, pe- <laughs> peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Oh, smooth. Yeah. So that I can dip my chocolate into it. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. These peanut butter cups, and like big old scoop, dark chocolate, 100% pure dark yeah. chocolate, peanut butter. Yeah, man. Good to go. Love it. Uh, favorite go-to emoji when texting? Oh, the um, you know the the heart, the kiss with the heart. Yes. Yeah, I love that one. And favorite kind of donut? Just pure glazed. Mm-hmm. Fresh out of the yeah. oven. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. We're at the last question. Okay. I can't believe it. So I always end my interviews with playing off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not told in a previous interview, what would you tell us? This is kind of a, it might be an OCD thing, mm-hmm. but I, as soon as I get out of bed, I, here's my routine. This is what nobody knows. I get out of bed, make coffee. While the coffee is brewing, I make my bed. Mm. I have to make my bed. It's like if I go on with my day and then I walk into my bedroom and my bed is unmade, it just kind of throws everything off. I don't know what that is. I live a very minimalist apartment like I, I live very minimally very simply very clean and uh yeah I have to get into a into a, a bed that's made if I'm dating someone or hopefully god willing when I when next I date someone mm-hmm. if that ever happens um he's got to have a clean got to have a clean bed if I walk into his apartment and his bed is unmade uh-uh you ain't getting any oh. I hate I I hate to break it to you we would not be compatible. <laughs> most people I know most guys I know this is what I'm saying yeah. maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm single. <laughs> I love it. That is that is great. That is great. Maybe not so much, but <laughs> I think it's a fun it's a fun fact. And now everybody knows if they want to date you this is what they have exactly just make your bed before you invite me over that's all just you know like because that's the thing right it's the unexpected you know friends come over if i if it's not planned and like if i walk into somebody's house and it's an unplanned visit Mm -hmm. then you really i really get to see how they live every anybody can tidy up before bringing uh, you know inviting someone over but I like that walking in unexpectedly mm-hmm. because then it's like, oh, ho, ho, I see that you like to, you know, throw your underwear over the back of your sofa <laughs> and you're okay with that right. for the whole day. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so, dude. Not going to be picking that up after you. No. No. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. That's so great. Well, that's. That's the whole interview. I can't believe it. Everybody listening, you're going to come to Gloria's show October 25th at Feinstein's 54 Below, 9.30 p.m. You're going to watch the final season of Mr. Robot. And your book is coming out November 19th, My Brother's Keeper. So you can get that at book retailers online. And then your new album comes out in 2020. Everybody's going to, when it comes out, you're going to buy it. If you come to the show, remember, at Feinstein's 54 Below, you can get an advanced copy. Exactly. Yes. 
find it for you. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Well, everyone, get your tickets. I'll have all the information up at callmeadam.com. Thank you so much, Gloria. This was wonderful. It was wonderful. Thank you for You're having welcome. me. It was great. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at all the place for the business of show. CallMeAdam.com Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit CallMeAdam.com and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CallMeAdamNYC.